Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Jesus said in John 8, 31 through 32, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is truth that sets us free. It is falsehood that keeps us in bondage. That is why the theologies that you and I believe are so critical. True theologies set you free. False theologies keep you in bondage. We've been looking at the state of theology in America via Ligonier Ministries' newest survey of Americans released earlier this year. 34 questions were given to 3,000 participants, and the results were largely alarming. If you go to thestateoftheology.com, you can find the results. Now, the very helpful thing that Ligonier did was that you can use these filters to help interpret the results. So you can look at the results through the lens of age or gender or education or income, where you live, your ethnicity, your religion. So I wanted to look at a question on today's broadcast that has to do with millennials, the age group of 18 to 34-year-olds. Now, here's what statement 34 says. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Now, 53% of millennials surveyed agreed that the Bible is helpful, but it's not literally true. Now, what's fascinating about this statement is that this same age group, the 18 to 34-year-olds, the Center for Disease Control recently released statistics regarding suicide. Among millennials, suicide is the second leading cause of death. And I think that these two facts are eerily connected. More than half of millennials in the Ligonier survey doesn't believe that the Bible is true and that among that same age group, suicide is the second leading cause of death. So brothers, can you maybe help us? Are are those two statistics related? And if so, how so? Hmm. Uh, both of those are very sad statistics, aren't they? And if you've if you've grown up believing that there that there's no uh, there's no stable anchor in a stormy world, um, be pretty hard to have hope. And uh, I don't know, you know, to what extent those those two are related, but um, one of the things that's different today is that millennials have been exposed to the the internet is awash in bogus information as everybody knows and with no way to to for most people to discern what's valuable from what's not valuable but one of the things that i've seen is is that different from any previous generation in history millennials have been exposed on the internet to a false critique of the bible um, falsehoods about the Bible. Uh, it's, it's just part of the the ocean that they swim in. And uh, 
you know, this is why, wow, we really need to be teaching the truth and, and, and responding to the lies that they're picking up uh, on, 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 in the online world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the connection is between the two, except that the age group is uh, similar because I, in, in both of them, as you know, Phil's pointing out, there's a certain hopelessness. You know, um, we're talking about what we call evangelicals, which is a very broad topic. I mean, it, there really is only a, a few questions that are answered that define that person as an evangelical, a belief in God, a belief in Jesus Christ as his son and the savior of the world, that sort of thing. There's some just, uh, you know, there, and it's an important distinction, but it's such a broad category. And, and so we're talking about people who have not actually been saturated with the Word of God, who actually understand the Word of God, and and so um, you know there you know so they I think that what we find is I can't put the two things you know you know the high level of suicide with that I do know that you know for instance uh, years ago I lived in Utah and it has one of the highest suicide rates right and and part of that is because you know people are on this. Uh, tremendous treadmill of images everything and and that and so they're and they they can't attain to that and we know that we can't attain to the perfect image that we're supposed to have the only one that had, that has attained to that is Jesus Christ who was the perfect man who lived in our place and and so um the life we live we live by faith in the son of god mm-hmm. and and this is and this is what's missing in so many people's life. And the only way we understand who that Son of God is, is through his word. Mm-hmm. He has given to us everything we need for life and godliness through a knowledge of him. And that knowledge of him comes from the word of God. He's spoken to us, and God has spoke to us in these last days through his son. Um, I, I guess I want to begin by just speaking to anybody that might be listening that finds themselves in that position where suicide um, seems like a viable option. Um, The reality is life is hard. Um, There are many difficulties and troubles and and heartaches and things that bring us to that point that that looks like a a good way out. Um, And what I would say is that I do think there is a connection in the fact that the Bible is not silent about the difficulty of life. Um, Psalm 88 uh, is a pretty honest um, psalm where the psalmist is saying in verse 3, my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to, to Sheol. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. I mean, that's, that's the language of, of somebody that, that thinks suicide is an option. And then he begins to ask questions. He says to God, Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Adidon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? 
I mean, those are real questions, and, and I think we've got to acknowledge that real people experience those in very profound ways. But the next statement of the, of the psalmist is, but I, O Lord, cry to you. And you can only cry to God if you know the surety of the word of God. Otherwise, that cry is going to echo in the darkness. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God, of a personal God who desires to enter into a saving relationship with people through the work of his son, who who's so loved the world that he sent his son, then all you'll have is darkness. Yeah. All you'll have is despair. And the, and the point is we need to know that the word of God is not just a collection of stories. Mm-hmm. It's the heartbeat of, of an eternal father who sent his eternal son into the world to save those that find themselves in such despair. Yeah. And, and I, I, my heart does feel bad for those that are in that, in that position without hope. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes actually gives us a test drive of the person who mm-hmm. is alienated from God, who doesn't believe that the Bible is true. And in chapter 6, this is what it says, There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind, a man to whom God gives wealth and possessions and honor so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him the power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is a vanity. It is a grievous evil. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's goods and he has no, also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. And you see this, this theme of vanity and, and depression in the book of Ecclesiastes because it's the picture of a life of a person who doesn't believe God at his word and who does not fear God, who does not love God, who does not worship God. And the New Testament message of Christianity is this. This is who all of us are um, when we're born. This We're alienated from God. And the only way that a person comes to uh, any kind of enjoyment of life and any kind of hope of eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the answers to that vanity question comes in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Knowing that your work in the Lord is not in vain. It's not vanity when in the Lord, in, in what God has declared. And really, this comes at the end of a chapter that's saying the story that people think is untrue in the, in the Word of God is the resurrection. And what Paul is saying is that's not a myth. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a reality. Mm-hmm. And the reality of the resurrection is what allows us in the face of death to say, really? Death, that's all you got? Where's your sting? Where's your victory? Mm-hmm. The victory has been given has been given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord because he raised from the dead so will we. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I would say to anyone who's struggling with the veracity of, of scripture and uh ev- everyone has ev- every thoughtful person has, you know, the guys around this table in the, in this studio, you know, we've we've wrestled with that and resolved it. In our in our own minds, and uh, there is you know in this circle there's complete confidence in in the authority of God's word and the truth of God's word. But I would say to anyone who's really struggling with that, the main thing is read it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't let your doubts and questions keep you away from the book. Because I'll make you a promise. God speaks in that book. Uh, he makes a promise. My, my, my word shall not return to me. My word that I send out will not return to me empty. It'll do that for which I, I have sent it. He says through the prophet Isaiah. Um, don't, don't let your struggles keep your Bible on the shelf. Get it down and read it. You know, we're headed now into Advent time and, and Christmas time, remembering the birth of our Savior. And it puts me in mind of something that Martin Luther once said, that the Bible is like the cradle. The Bible is like the manger in which the infant Jesus is laid. And what he meant by that is that the Bible is the place where we encounter Christ. Mm-hmm. And we hear his voice. And so, uh, yes, you, you, you've got doubts. Do your homework but the, you know, and, and, and research. Don't let those doubts keep you from opening the book and seeking there the living Christ. Yeah. Uh, because he's alive and he speaks in his word and he will speak to you if you come with an open heart and, uh, and seeking him. He, he made another promise uh, that those who seek will find. Mm-hmm. You, you can't find unless you're seeking. I think that one of the challenges for people is to doubt their doubts. <laughs> you, yes. know, they, you know, they tend to believe their doubt rather than doubt it. I mean, they, rather than actually go to a critical understanding of what that doubt is and, yes. and search it out. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We've been looking at the state of theology in America. If you've cu- if you've missed any of our past broadcasts, just go to ReformationBoise.com or go to ninety four point one um, their website, and you can catch up on all of them there. We hope that you will tune in tomorrow. Um, we hope that this weekend you will worship with the local church, and um, we'll see you next time. 